0: why do african parents do not discuss sex i would say it from the point of view of they're scared yeah most of the time Mm -hmm. the knowledge they have is what they've brought into
1: yeah it's what they learned yeah
0: what they learned and second and thirdly the most important thing again is they don't know any better
1: right welcome to the show I am your host, Anya Fombad, and I spark the hard conversations that challenge questionable cultural and societal norms that threaten the well-being of the African community, and I also share stories about growing up as Africans in Africa and in the diaspora. I strongly believe that normalizing open discussions and sharing experiences, whether good or bad, will not only make you find your voice, but will broaden your sense of purpose and empower others to do the same. So if you have ever tried challenging certain African cultural and societal doctrines, or if you have ever felt like it is about time that we confronted these issues in our African community and do better as a people. Or even if you have always been interested in learning about the experiences of other Africans growing up in Africa and the diaspora, then you are in the right place. Welcome to Living African. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Living African. Today, we will be talking about sex or rather sex education. Sex education has been known to be a forbidden topic in our African community due to the stigma and myths surrounding it. Also, most of our parents never had sex education and didn't quite know how to talk about sex. It just wasn't and isn't instilled in our African culture. Sadly, a lot of us did not get proper sex education in our younger years, and I'm very sure that we must have had at least one experience that would probably have been different if we knew better. Whether it is in sex for the first time, which is super nerve-wracking, by the way, or understanding our sexuality, we have all experienced moments where we were clueless and did not know what to expect. The truth is that sex is a natural part of human biology, and not acknowledging it creates so many long-standing issues. Pretending that sex does not even exist among teenagers as well, or ignoring the fact that children battle with their sexuality is a recipe for disaster and may end up in unwanted pregnancies, STDs, which are sexually transmitted diseases confusion in their sexuality, just to name a few. According to a study, 34% of young people around the world cannot demonstrate accurate knowledge of HIV prevention and transmission. And two-thirds of girls in some countries have no idea of what is happening to them when they begin menstruation. We have had previous episodes on this podcast where girls were continuously being raped for years but did not even know that they were raped or that it was actually bad because they did not know about sex. Creating a safe space for children to have sex education has been a challenging task so far both at home and in schools in our African community. And with the level of exposure through the funny websites, social media, and even peers, this has led to so many young people seeking confusing and conflicting information about relationships and sex as they transition from childhood to adulthood. It is therefore our duty to fulfill this increasing demand from young people for reliable information which prepares them for a safe, productive, and fulfilling life. Well, if you ask me, I would rather my child learn about sex from me than from his or her friend or social media. So today we are here to normalize sex education and demystify it at the same time. We will also examine why this natural part of human biology, which is sex, is perceived in a shameful way and why people assume that once sex education is mentioned, the conversation will become inappropriate. So, I have with me here today Lola Bade Aluko, who is also known as Lolar, and she is a proud Nigerian clinical psychologist and sexologist currently based in South Africa. Lolar is a wearer of many hats and has taken on a number of great opportunities in her lifetime. She's a talk practitioner, a host at various radio talk programs in Nigeria, England, and Swaziland, and she also runs a psychological unit called Shoulders and a reach-out unit called Real Issues with Lawla, where she volunteers, hosts talks, and does counseling. She does all this also while working as an executive director of a technology firm. On a more personal level, Lawler is a proud mom to two young adults and a wifey, Lola is very passionate about mindset transformation and believes in the use of media, as well as various other forms of outreach techniques in behavioral modification. So welcome to the show, Lola. I am super, super glad to have you. Um, I look forward to this conversation based on our previous conversations and I hope that the listeners will learn a lot from you and I hope to learn a lot from you as well right um so what exactly is sex education
0: well it depends on where you're looking at it from what I always say to people is um um like I'll I'll always rightly say to people this is me in my comfort zone This is me talking something I love to impact into other people. Because like you rightly said, I use the word, let's demystify sex. Right. Um, You know, when you just blow things out of proportion and everybody just puts a lot of different meanings to it. Yeah. So um, back to your question, what is sex education? I think basically it's just you impacting knowledge about um, sex, you know, the understanding of your sexuality. Of what sex is all about, right? It includes, um, you know, sexual health. You know, you going through these different stages that people go through, but it's actually just like you saying, what is, um, what is, um, it is education. You teaching people about okay, this is what it is. So right now, what do you do in sex in in sex education? You take the reality and run with it, right? And take it away from what we think is right. Or what we've, what we've come to assume is right because of, um, we not being able to, um, explain things in a better way. Right. So, you know, we just come up with this little theory. Exactly. Just be, so that you don't ask more questions. You
1: understand? Yes. I yes. Understand. Just shutting, shutting people
0: down basically. That's what it's all about. It's just you impacting the knowledge of sexual health right. to people. And I always remember, sex education comes in stages. I mean, what you're teaching a three year old is going to be different from what you're teaching a five a five year old. Exactly. What you're teaching a thirteen year old, you know, it's it's in, it's in stages, and you need to always remember that. That's like um that's like you're growing up. You yeah. Need to, you need to do things in stages. You cannot be teaching, and that is where everybody goes wrong. You can't be teaching, um. A 10-year-old, the sexual education for a three-year-old doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. So do you mind sharing with us like a little bit of like some historical or scientific aspects of, um, sex education or even just sex basically?
0: Okay. Let me, let me take it from the point of view that, okay, when you go, when you go back into history and I, and I like to use this analogy a lot, even in Africa, okay. When we look at the, um, I mean, I, I I saw your write-up and you said um, right. maybe most people, especially Africans, were not taught about sexuality. I, I think we were, we were actually really taught about sexuality. If you go to, I mean, in Nigeria, for example, right. you go to um, the, the Calabar region, okay, where you have something called the fattening room. Basically, what it used to do to young ladies then, mm-hmm. apart from maybe preparing them for marriage, mm-hmm. you understand, it was a way. To teach them about sex. It was more of a sexual education thing. Right. But they called it a different name because what they, they basically taught those ladies was, you know, how to pleasure your husband. Yeah. How to take care of your own. You know, and I mean, why did they inscribe you pleasuring your husband in the fattening room? Because they realized that sex was one of the key things to hold you down to marriage. Right. Now, let's go back to prehistory time. I bet you must have read about Cleopatra. Yeah. That everybody thought she was a sex goddess because she learned the act of sex. Yeah. She she learned that, I mean, this is the way you touch, this is these are the words you say, this is the way you, you act, you know. And I I feel that when people sit back and realize that you know what, before timing memory, before even right now. There's always been sex. Even if you look at the Bible, it says and it went in and it laid with her. Yeah. It was just pure sex. It was they were having it's it, either you call it sex or you call it love making. But whatever it was, it did exist. Yeah. Always. There.
1: Right. Yeah. It has always been there, but not as prominent as, um, in, in our, in our African community as, you know, we would love ideally for it to be because, um, like you mentioned, most of those women who were taught about sex, right. They were taught about sex at t- the time of marriage. Well, now, you know, back then people got married really young, so you may not know what age, you know, they were getting married, but for the most part in our African communities, um, a lot of parents, don't really find it necessary to teach, you know, um, children about their sexuality or sex due to a lot of uh, social and cultural ideologies that they have against just that topic as a whole. Now, in terms of like, when is the earliest time to teach a child about sex? You know, a lot of parents freak out a little bit because they're like, oh, you know, I don't want to put things into their head, right? Things that they're not supposed to know at this age, you know? And then of course about sexuality, it also has to do with the freedom of exploring your sexuality. But coming from our African background, where things like you know, being gay or lesbian—it's like whoa, whoa! It's it's not even supposed to be talked about or even accepted, regardless of the age. You know, so all of those things I believe kind of limit the topics or even limit the whole idea or initiative about bringing forth this sexual discussions with children. And I, I'm I'm very sure you can add more to it eventually. But now this brings me to my next question: What is actually the perfect age, you know, to talk about? sex
0: okay um i think your question is um a lot embedded in one okay and i'm going to talk it initially from let's go back to our parents days okay and i I, what i always say is this my keyword in anything i do as a psychologist is you cannot give what you don't have yeah okay you can only work with what you know most of the time right um would i really will i really blame our um parents our african parents um, not really, because you see, in, in in an indirect way, they did teach about sex education. If you look back, they did teach about sex education, especially um, with the girl child. Right. They, t- they they taught most of the girl child. I mean, I don't know in your culture, but in in the, in, in Nigerian culture, there's this um waist bead. Yeah, the waist beads is an aphrodisiac to make them to make their body more attractive. Mm. You know. That was part of sexuality because why would you want to put that on the child to like shape the body? You understand? So the child can look attractive for the, and then they teach girls as, I mean, I think as young as, as long as you study your, your, your periods. Now that was where it went wrong a little bit. They were a little bit. I mean, I always use myself as an example. Right. When I was, I said, you know, I think they didn't even know the ways to go about it, you know, right. I think they, 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 they try to kill the ant with the armor yeah and what they were trying to do was okay you know what because i don't want to be explicit about things i'm going to tell you about sex i would rather just tell you it's like one 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 story fits all. yeah basically if you if you when you start your periods if you look at a man you're gonna get you're gonna get pregnant but because we're young you don't even you can't even phantom oh that it doesn't work that way and again we realize that you can't even tell those stories to the kids of nowadays.
1: Yeah, there's a lot more knowledge out there. <laughs>
0: so, so the difference, the difference, basically, I would say, is things are changing. Yeah. There's, a, the, I mean, we all know the, what the internet is doing to everybody. Can right. Google everything, and then they can give you answers. But I remember in our days growing up, apart from the fact that there were books about sex. Yeah. I remember reading a book called every woman mm-hmm. was like every young girl's Bible. Then you know? mm. it was, that is where you go to for information. Right. But, like you rightly said, it wasn't a good information because you, sometimes you can read and assimilate the wrong things. Right. That was why it was very necessary for parents to teach. And why did our African parents not teach? I think it was just, I would call it culture. Hmm. you understand always remember that we're africans and right. there's something called a cultural psychology yeah i did that as a, as a course in school okay and what it basically says is that you see you, are, you 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 are formed by the culture around you so you not conforming to that culture you become a non-conformist right so basically like an outcast right so it's not like you're saying, even though you know it's, it's, it's not right, right, right. But everybody, everybody's is, everybody's is, everybody is going left. Yeah, it's not like you just you just follow the bandwagon and you go left. Right. And why do African parents do not discuss sex? I would say it from the point of view of they're, they're scared. Yeah. Most of the time, mm-hmm. the knowledge they have is what they've brought into. Their yeah, adult. it's what they learned. Yeah. What they learned, and second, and thirdly, the most important thing again is they don't know any better. Right. And that's just the truth about it. Right. They don't really know any better. They don't know if okay, this is the appropriate age. You know, they don't know okay, maybe this. And most of them always leave it to the chance. They tell you things like, "Oh, don't worry, um, is is like a normal phenomenon. When the child gets older, they get to learn. But they they get to learn. That. It can swing, it can swing either way. Right, right. It can swing either way. You understand? Right. And Children, for their nature, they are very curious.
1: Yes. So yes. When you
0: don't Teach them. They go them. elsewhere. You know something? Yeah. Very curious.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, for one, I was a very curious child. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I asked the darnest questions. I did. Like, I, I was, I, I, I feel like I grew way faster than my age. And my mom can definitely say that. But thankfully, my mom always made sure to teach us certain things, even at a very young age. I mean, even, I mean, I grew up seeing my mom carrying out workshops on HIV and AIDS and educating youth on their sex, sexuality and abstinence and all those kind of things, you know, to prevent HIV and AIDS back in the nineties. So it's definitely something that I learned from because I was always there with her. You know, I really wanted to know all of these things, you know? So I personally have grown to really appreciate, I mean, growing up, I really came to appreciate knowing my body. You know, I remember when I started hitting puberty, I always asked questions. You know, I was like, why is hair growing under my armpit? Why is hair growing in places that I don't like? What's going on? You know, and my mom always, you know, spoke to me about it. But then that's not every child. Right. Because the fact that my mom, I could even ask my mom is because she created a safe space for me to go up to her and ask her. Right? But that's not it's definitely not what happens in most homes. Now and that also highlights the fact as to why it beca- it's also very difficult just to have that sex education in our African homes, not only because it's sex, but just because there's not that safe space for children to even go and question their parents. You know, back then questioning your parent was seen as disrespectful like why if you want to say why it's like you know uh, or kids just did not have that relationship with most kids not have that relationship with their parents where they can just go for anything and ask and stuff like that you know now um let's really i really want us to highlight the reasons as to why this there's this difficulty for sex education i mean i know you mentioned that back in the day or even like in certain cultures they do those kind of educations they educate the women at least to the best of their ability um but I, I, I still feel like, I mean, we must have come through a lot of studies, like the studies I, 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 I read, the study I read earlier. Um, there's still that lack of discussion in our homes, you know, of, oh, okay. on, on, on our sexuality, on sex education and stuff like that. So, um, I want us to explore a few reasons why there is still this difficulty to talk about sex education, especially in our African community. And I want us to start with the religious aspects. So can you highlight, um, the religious. See, I
0: was actually going to group go it.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I think okay. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be um very frank about it. I always say to myself, most Africans are hypocrites. Oh yes, I totally That's agree. So no, no, no. Because you see, it's like. I, um, let me let me let me use the. I'm trying to be nice about it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look for a good word. You see, It's like they have this they have this front they need to put out there. Yeah, reputation. You know, they have this good yeah little goody two shoes. I'm so good. You know we don't talk about this. We don't drink water at all. Right? No. <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work like that. And that's what I always say to people that why do African parents? I mean when they find out. Okay, for me as an example, I thought my children about their sexuality as early as age five yeah. for my son. Because even though um I would like to put it, I'm not a typical Nigerian mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was very I was very um aware of what I wanted out of life mm-hmm. very early. Mm-hmm. You understand? And I just always said to people, I even till now, anybody that knows me knows anything you tell me, the next question is always why yeah, because I want to know more. Yeah, you know, I remember when I brought my when I brought my son to school in um, South Africa, and my husband always says this to tomorrow morning. You know, there were so many questions being asked back and forth by parents, and the only question I wanted to ask, which people thought was so alarming. And everybody was like, it's always like, who's going to bail the cats? Right. And I just asked them, it was a boys only school, a, a, a very massive school. You, you're going to be putting grade eights with grade 12s. And I know that at that age, boys become a little bit curious. Yeah. You understand? So the only question I wanted to ask was, sorry, do you have gay incidents? And I remember the, the headmaster blushed <laughs> and I was like, I want to know, I mean, Well, I'm not going to fool myself that it's not there. Yeah, you understand. What do African parents do? They know it's there. Yeah, they know it can happen, but they blind themselves. Yes, they ignore it. You have a twenty. I mean, you have a twenty, a twenty. Let me even just say, an eighteen-year-old daughter at home. You've not even taught her about sexuality. You think um, she's not doing anything? Build an invisible wall around her. Yes. You understand? Yes. Like um, Let us look, look, let's look at religion. And I always say to them, I'm a Christian. I'm a very practicing Christian. You know, I go to church, but um, I've not turned God into a magician. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm not invisible. I say to them, my daughter is not invisible to the world. Yeah. Now you want the angels to guard them. You want the angels. You don't want any evil to come towards them. Very good. I pray yeah. for that too. But, but you have to prepare them. It's a it two-way traffic. They need to guide themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They need to take care of themselves. They need to make sure they're not, they're not in the right, in the wrong place at the, at the wrong right time. time. Yeah. They need to be aware of, okay, you know what? If I'm in a, you know, if I'm in a space. Yeah. With social and so. A compromising space. Not what I'm, this can happen. Yeah. But when you don't teach a child that, it's like an empty vessel. You know, the child just goes there. Yeah. You understand? I, yeah. I, I was making an incident with a friend. I said, look, you see parents that have children with, extremely large boobs. Yeah. You should teach that child, like I always say to my children, don't act your age, act your body size. Yes. You need to learn to act your body size. Mm -hmm. If you start menstruation at the age of 10 Mm -hmm. and, and you start jumping up, and exposing yourself. No, 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 no. My dear, you've missed something. You need to learn to comport yourself like a lady. Mm-hmm. But African parents, no, no, we don't. We don't we, we want yeah to our cakes and habits. Right. You know, so that when you go to church, you're this good holy person. Right. I'm reading the Bible. God is taking care of me. Yes. But even the Bible says, watch and, and pray, I <laughs> didn't say pray alone. Yeah, He said watch and pray. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So that is that is part of the problems I think Africans have on on the religious pattern. Part of it for me, I think they hide on the religion. Yeah, and that's just the truth about it. They hide on the religion. A, l- a lot of atrocities are committed on the religion. Yes, yes. A lot of abuse is committed on the religion. on the
1: religion for sure.
0: Because we we've we've put like um an invisible thing about you know it's like you you, we've overestimated who religious people are
1: yeah we put them on a pedestal
0: yeah oh no is a he or she is a perfect yeah so they're god Think such things towards them Mm. and they're wondering okay why they first and foremost like i always say to them they're human yeah they're human they're not god for sure thank you so I, i i think one of the problems we africans have is religion environment. Yes. Okay. Then, um, I will use the word exposure.
1: Yeah. Exposure. That's true.
0: And then la- most importantly, lack of knowledge.
1: Oh yes. And, lack and the knowledge. inability to want to learn as well.
0: They just don't want like, to learn. Like you, rightly, <laughs> like you rightly said, most people, when, once they hear the word sex, yeah, it's like so many things goes up in their head and you're wondering, okay. It's just a word, yeah, it doesn't really mean anything. I mean, I remember in South Africa, there's um, there's um, I think there's a course called Life Orientation that they teach, okay. Mm-hmm. And basically, when people used to call them, I said, you know what, it's actually a very good course because what they teach basically is they, they're equipping these children for life, they're teaching them about different things, you know, your sexuality, you know, I mean. Things that, like you rightly said, things that shouldn't be talked about. Yeah. Like, oh, why is this person different? Why is this person gay? And I always say to people, like, the earlier you know that these people do exist, yeah, the better for everybody. Yeah. The better for you as an African parent, if you think is or your child is going towards that direction, mm-hmm. you need to understand why is that child going through that direction. What have you done? Yeah. And most of the times, like you rightly said. Africans do not know that sometimes because they are so secretive and or, or, or made sex such a big thing, the children become curious. Yeah. You know, they make it a, taboo, you know, it a taboo. Yeah. It's like, thank you, the word taboo. Yeah. You're wondering. But why? <laughs> it's just like the forbidden food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the forbidden food is always so nice. Eh? Yeah. You know when you like they tell you, you can't have the sweets.
1: Yeah. Until this time, you're like, okay. Sometime I'm gonna have it, no,
0: but when exactly. you look like, why? Yeah, like when you take one of those sweets in the jar and you hide under the cupboard to have a go at it, it's like it's forever, it's so nice. Yeah. But when they give you the old jar, yeah, you're like, yeah, <laughs> but that one that you took under the staircase is always so divine, yeah, it's just the same sweets like the other ones in the jar, yeah, there
1: yeah, that's no true, difference. that's it's true, just the same
0: thing, yeah, yeah, so. I think that's 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 answered your question on religion.
1: Yeah, and and also I wanted to add to what you um you were saying because a lot of parents, you know, yeah, you you can raise your child, you know, in a Christian home and everything. But when the child goes out to the world, right? Um they meet other people that can contaminate their their mind, you know? And I mean, yeah, the Bible says raise a child the way they should go and they will never depart from it. Yeah. They have those spiritual attributes. They have those, uh, that, that spiritual foundation, but then again, you have to be real with them. You have to make them know the reality of life. And, you know, I feel like, you know, even when the Bible says, you know, keep yourself abstain from any sexual activity until you're married, you know, it's like, it also kind of makes our parents shy away from even talking about sex because the children are not married. I always say, you know like parents want you to get married but they don't want you to have a boyfriend or girlfriend (laughs) you know what i mean so it's like it's 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 very ironic you know and um i i i feel like that's what's damaging our, our community because you can still have a boyfriend you can still know about sex and not necessarily practice it i mean Actually, I feel like the more knowledge a child has about sex, they will be at a better uh, position to discern whether it's good or bad for them at that stage. You know what I mean? And a child who is more knowledgeable about sex and also about their Christian values will even have a better judgment, you know, because they would want to abide to their Christian values as, where, as, as well as that knowledge that they have about sex, you know, because giving them that knowledge actually makes them less excited to even want to do because they know it all and I know you had spoken about you know um the, the previous time I don't know if you, the previous time we spoke I don't know if you mind sharing that story because a lot of parents have to learn from that I felt like it was a powerful st- story with you and your son and you introducing him to you know not really introducing him but giving him that freedom to date at a young age and a lot of people were condemning you so I'll just let you take it from there because I feel like a lot of parents should hear that.
0: Yeah, th- thanks. Thanks so much. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be very um frank about this. I think African parents, okay, like I said, they want to eat their cake and they want to have it. Yeah. And um with the, I would call it with the new explosion of this Christianity thing, mm. a lot of people hide under the because right. of lack of knowledge. Yes. That's just the truth about it, you know. Like you rightly said, it's actually very important for you or as Africans for us to like, because you see, we need to equip our children because I always say to people, don't build the bubble around them because the bubble is going to get bust out there. Yeah. So you need to let your child be at least, at least I said to people, street smarts. Yeah. Let them be able to judge things. Let them be able to know, okay, this is what it is. Um, sharing my story again. I remember when my son, I mean, I, I'm just two children and I, like I said, I had children quite late. Okay. I married early, but I had children a little bit late into the marriage. And I had always, and I was lucky. I will use the word lucky to marry somebody that had the basic mindset like me. Mm. We had the same mindset, and our mindset was like, you know what? I'm going to raise these children like I'm raising a friend. Yes. But we knew, but we knew where to draw the line. Draw the line, of course, yeah. I knew where I was at to be mommy, and I knew when I had to be daddy. And I never believed in calling sexual parts a funny name. Yeah. It is what it is. We talked about it. You understand? Mm-hmm. It is what it is. We talked about it. This is what it is. And I remember when my son, you know, like, I think it was just a normal stage. When they go through the ages of between 7, 8, and 9, 10, they they, they 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 get to that stage where they, they are trying to become boys. Yes, you understand. They are they are aware of their sexuality, but they are a little bit confused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They get attraction. You understand? Yes. So how do you how do I do as a professional? You help you help them manage it. Yeah. And my son was going to be ten. I remember, and he came home and told me, "Oh, mom, when I when I see this girl in school, I always have this funny feelings in my tummy." And I said, oh, yeah, that's butterflies. Hmm. That's butterflies in your tummy. They're you know, they, they jumping all over the place. Right. <laughs> you like her. He says, you know, but, and I had to sit him down. I said, okay, you're liking her, but you're not liking her like your sister. He said, right. yes. I said, good. I said, so we're going to talk to these parents. We're going to see. I want to feel them because, you see, you have to be careful. So I, so I just said to this parent that, like, you know what, my son likes your daughter. As a friend, mm-hmm. as a special friend, do you mind if I take them out for a movie? And, you know, the other parents, luckily for me, were on the same wavelength like me. Yeah. So they were like, oh, you know, they, they laughed so much that these ladies must be crazy, you know. So I I, I picked both of them, put them into the car. We had um, a date and we went to the movies. And I just made sure I got popcorn, went into the movies. Uh, my son was on the left. She was on the right. I made sure I, sit, I sat right between both of them right and you know we we watched a very nice movie and when we were going I said to my son you know like you have to be a gentleman you have to hold their hands you have to say bye bye to her you have to say thank you to her for coming to watch the movie yeah with you. you know and just be nice generally he says oh mom um I remember his words he says mom is it that easy I'm like yeah <laughs> that's what people your age do at this time right he says, "Oh, the butterfly left." I said, "Yes." I tell you, know why the butterfly left? Because right now, it's like you can't cut something. Yeah. But what would most parents, some African parents, I'm being honest with you, what would they do? They're gonna cast and bind.
1: I'm telling you, yeah, they're gonna be they're like, like, "How, they, how dare or they you?" Beat that child. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> or they beat the child.
1: Right, right.
0: You understand? And i and am and I'm wondering. Why should you do that? Right. That's why I always say to people that we, we, sometimes Africans can be one of bees. Yeah. And I use the word one of bees is that they're not white. Yeah.
1: They're not
0: black. They're just confused. That's just true.
1: Dead. That's true.
0: Yeah, they're just <laughs> there.
1: Yeah, that's very true. I mean, you know, that story actually reminds me of my own story, <laughs> which... <laughs> It's so funny and childish, but uh, yeah, when I was in like primary school, you know, I mean, primary school, you're less than 10 years old. I actually had a, a little boyfriend. I had this guy that I, I liked, you know, his mom was like my teacher. And, um, I remember we actually, his mom really liked me too. You know, it was kind of weird and it was kind of different back then, you know, like even the people, I remember even the people at home, they used to make fun of me because we used to exchange letters like almost every day. He was like in a neighboring school. So he would actually send letters through his mom to to give me in class. And then my mom was like, the doctor to his parents. So when they go to see her in the hospital, they would take letters to her to give me, (laughs) you know, and my mom, my mom would do that, you know, but I mean, she knew, of course, you know, we were young and stuff, like she didn't want to forbid it or anything of that sort, but she just let it be, you know, and I could really, I remember those butterflies. Those were like my very first butterflies I had in my tummy, you know, but that's something that definitely, um, a lot of people, a lot of parents will forbid. Like, they will literally get the child whooped, you know, for even thinking about a boy. I mean, I was very smart. You know, I'm not trying to brag, but I was actually smart. I I, I did well in school. I was a good child and everything. And that was just a stage. I mean... I, like I said, I grew faster than my age for sure, because my sister really did not. She wasn't like that and stuff like that. But I was always that very curious child. I I, I always asked questions and my mom actually knew I was just that special, you know, so she did not want to get in the way of building my character on my own, you know, and I feel like that's very, very important. I mean, we're not saying send your child off to go and date people, multiple people or even sleep around at six years old or seven years old. You know what I mean? But um just letting that child exp- giving them the freedom of course with boundaries to explore themselves you know, regardless of the age, we'll give them that independence as well. And we'll also create that safe space for them to actually come to you, you know, when they have a problem because they know that, Hey, mom is aware of this. Mom is comfortable with this. Like your, your son could confide in you. And once you started with that, um, safe space to give him the opportunity to confide in you, as he grew older, he will maintain that bond with you because he knows that if I have a problem, if I have a question, I
0: can always come back to mommy, you know? So, um, that, you know, um, Sorry, talking about that, and I, I think it's very important. Like I tell our parents that a lot when I cancel. Right. Um, you cannot force things to happen. It is it, what you build. I'm happy. Yes. Being able to talk to your mom. Yeah. Or your parents because they, she was open-minded. Yes, yeah, she was. You understand? Definitely. She would be. She would have been able to. I mean, my my, my son is going to be 24, and I'm telling you, some of the things he tells me, I'm like. I always said to him, I said, You're abusing my ears, I'm being abused <laughs> now. Because you not know, like I said, I'm being abused now. Right. I don't want to hear this? But it because I've created such a bond. I, I'm, I'm, and the same thing goes with my with my daughter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've created such a bond with both my kids and my husband that there's basically nothing we can talk about when it comes to sexuality. Yeah. You understand? You know, they would ask me, I remember my daughter asking me about. Um, but, um, the genes, you understand that. Mm-hmm. Oh, mom, I, um, she says things like, um, "Mom, I wouldn't love. I would love my breasts to be bigger than yours." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh no, we need to go into prayers for that because <laughs> I mean, I don't know how the genes work. <laughs> hey, if it's what I know, I don't think." <laughs> what and after a while, you know, she got used to. Okay, this is what it is, and I made sure that when she started her um, periods, even mm-hmm. way before she started her periods, at made her go through stages
1: yeah
0: of you know what it's not every is when you i feel for one and that is why you find a lot of young children especially african children Mm -hmm. being in bad situations and you're asking yourself how did you get here yeah that's because the parents never broke it down for them yeah they never explained things to them mm-hmm. you understand so i used to say to people that you know what you need to let them know that you know what you can't be in a particular position or in a particular place with the opposite sex right when, when when i when i deal with rape cases i always say to people that always remember the male species is not a clock yeah. You don't turn him on and turn him off. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. That's true. You can get all cozy with the eye and then all of a sudden you say you don't want. Yeah. No. It's a clockwork. So don't even get to that position in the first place. Yeah. Don't put yourself in an uncompromising situation. Don't invite a guy to your room. Yeah. When you know you don't want to take it any further. Yeah. So why don't you be in an in a open space? Yeah. But do parents teach their children this? No. Right. Because parents, most of, I feel like I'll use the word African parents. Oh, yes. It's directed to the African community, for a, sure. We live in a bubble. Yeah. We live in a bubble.
1: Yeah. They don't want to even life. believe that the child will be exposed in that way <laughs> to begin well, with. The
0: child, the child is not even, no, the child is not even looking at a the boy. <laughs> then when the child comes to 21 right. to 23... Oh, you have to marry. I have to get married? Where is the husband? Exactly. <laughs> And I always ask them one question was the child was the person waiting on the on the sideway for them because you, you didn't allow this child go to party you didn't allow this child um socialize right right you didn't even teach this child anything and yet by the time the child is 23 24 boom they should be
1: Wow, you're not getting married you need to marry yeah to marry them yes you don't
0: even want them to you don't even want them to date yes no
1: yes yes I know and I, I, not I go from Boom, yeah, to marriage. And, and I really, I, I, I mean, we're obviously going to have another episode on that when, I mean, that episode will be more rated, maybe mature audience, but, um, it will really highlight the reason why sex education in retrospect, which will be to this episode, it will really highlight the 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 reason why sex education is important because we're gonna really dive into the struggles the sexual struggles especially in marriage that people face because they did not have any knowledge about their sexuality or even sex education you know um sex education is not even only about telling them oh boyfriend girlfriend or um you know it's also about telling them
0: sexuality
1: yeah, in the bedroom, like what to do, like Everything teaching them.
0: Sexuality. Yes, exactly. Yes. Hygiene.
1: Oh yes, sexual hygiene. Yes, body. yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Taking care of your body, taking care of your, of your of your of your. I mean, yourself. I mean, sex education equally includes self esteem.
1: Yeah, self esteem. Yeah.
0: Because, yeah. If you don't, if you don't take care of your of yourself sexually, you can you can just become a little bit. How would I put it? Like. I always use this as an example. If you don't teach a girl some basic sexual education and sexual health, yeah, it can boomerang. Yeah, she can have she can have um very horrible odors when she's having a a, a period. Her period. Yeah, because she doesn't know any better. Yeah, you have some girls with which I mean, which is the body. I mean, you can't body shame anybody. But if you have a girl that has uh, 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 um breast is quite big. You should teach her to wear the correct kind Corigra. of Correct bra. Yes, that's true. You understand? You should teach mm-hmm. her how to carry. Uh, I mean, not sloop over. Not. I mean, you know, sex education is so broad because you teach confidence. Yes. You teach. You. You teach. Um. Apart from being, would I say okay, being um, not having sex or whatever. Abstinence. Things yeah. you need to teach in sex education. Yeah. It's not all about. about Not everybody's the hormones, like I always say, they rage.
1: Yeah. Hormones that we can't control them
0: sometimes. (laughs) They rage, they rage. They know they rage differently. So what do I say to people? If you have a young, a young lad that with a rage with a raging hormone, then you teach about prevention. Yes. You teach about prevention. You teach about other things you can channel him into. Yes. You understand? I mean, I've I've seen people see their young teenage boys watching pornographic. oh yes yeah they, they lose it as if somebody died and i'm like
1: okay. they're curious <laughs> exactly yeah it's they're curious stage. yeah it's a stage
0: past.
1: yeah and that's actually an open door for you to now talk to them and and you know coach them and advise them like hey this is you know I the, the, I know you're, you're watching this. This is not necessarily right, but I understand why you would want to be this curious. Let's sit down and talk about it. Right. Um, and, and again, I, I Every opportunity I get, I will definitely highlight the need that we have to create these safe spaces amongst our communities, amongst ourselves for such discussions to be had, because I've always been very open with my parents, especially my mother, especially because I'm a woman, you know, I I look up to her for women issues, you know, and even till now as an adult, as a married adult, like we still have conversations about sex. We still have conversations about dating. We still have conversations, even when I was dating, like she knew my boyfriend, she she knew i mean of course you won't tell your parents everything going on in your relationship or marriage for sure but i did not feel like there was nothing i couldn't talk to her about as a matter of fact i even give her sometimes advice on her own marriage (laughs) you know so it's i mean what do i know right (laughs) but it's it's one of those things that
0: well you're right yeah you're you're very right because it's very good to be old i remember my daughter when she was maybe 14 when she had her first kiss i remember i was I was overseas, and it was a very, very funny conversation because I was with a friend. And I remember my friend saying to me, wow, um, I really, really, really respect and envy you. And I'm like, because my daughter called, and she was all tears on the phone. And I'm like, why are you crying? She says, oh, um, I had my first kiss to And I was like, oh, wow, that's nice. And she says, oh, nothing happened. I'm like, what did you expect to happen? The, the sky should open. Doves should fly. I said, nothing happens. <laughs> she was like, oh... And I'm like, yeah. yeah, see, you know, because I was able to let her realize that, you see, all those things we read in the, in, in the magazines,
1: yes. in the books, novels you know, and fiction. all that, fiction, yeah. They don't,
0: they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't normally happen that way. But again, what was I trying to make her realize? In a way, I was making her realize that you need to come in terms with reality. Yes. Yes. So that you don't get disappointed and broken. At the that's end of true. The day. Yeah, If you're not aware of those things, it could actually define who you become. Yeah, that's true. Because that is why you see some young people, I will look at it this way, looking for the wrong things. Yeah, and That's why you even see some older people staying in the
1: Yeah. I mean, you have like 40, 50 years old and they're still in a 16-year-old body, you know, because they don't know, they, they don't even know what to do. <laughs> In terms of sex or sex education, they don't know. And sometimes because it's very common. They've, because they've not been taught. Right. And sometimes it's very common in our African community for us to use aggression to cover up that insecurity, you know, especially, I, I mean, I won't only want to, I don't want to point fingers, especially at men, because of course men always have that, their ego. But it's like, you see certain people, and I can't wait for us to have this conversation in the next episode. You know, you see certain people who are very, very, you know, not good in bed, especially in their marriages, but they, it's like your part. their partners don't have any right to complain about it because it's like they use that aggression. Like how dare you talk to me like that or something like that. But that's just the truth. It's something that, you know, two people in a marriage have to sit down and talk about because it's all about, it's not about pleasuring one person. It's about
0: pleasuring two people. Guess what? That is where sex education comes into play. Right. You see, like you rightly said, if you are aware of your sexuality yeah you understand if you are aware of your sexuality and you know that okay you know what let's 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 go back into being africans and that's what i always say to people that unfortunately because we're africans culture yeah determines a lot a of lot things of things that we do yeah i it's just what it, it's just what it is so it's just for you to be in the right setting with the right person that has the same mindset like you, right? I've seen people. I've seen people that will tell you, you can't even mention the word pennies in the house.
1: Oh yeah, sometimes it even that's, has a nickname. It has a different name, or you don't even dare.
0: <laughs> you can't even. You can't even say to your. I mean, I remember when I was doing my sexual talk with my children, you know, and they were both on my side. And my husband and I were just going to, and a friend of mine said, um, what are you guys doing? And we're like, we're just talking generally about, you know, the things. And I used to say to my son, I said, hey, boy, you're old enough now. Those shoulders, they match. And if they match, they're going to become little babies. <laughs> I used to go, oh my word. But they are, they are matching. And I'm like, you don't shoot. If you shoot, they're going to match. And if they match, they're going to become babies. Right. And, you know, so, and I, I mean, I made him understand in a joking way the implication of things, things that are not to be done. You understand? Right. I even went on. I remember when he was about eight, nine, you know, when boys are so cute. Mm-hmm. And I had to sit him down. It was, that one I know I struggled with, I won't tell a lie.
1: Yeah. Because I had
0: to teach him about sexuality and why there are some men that like men. Yes. Yeah. You know, I went about it in such a way that I wanted him to know that, look, there's some, you know, people will tell him things like, oh, no, you know, you're pretty. Yeah. And I said to him, no, boys aren't pretty. No. <laughs> boys aren't pretty. You're a boy, you're a boy-boy. So boys are either macho, boys are handsome. So, you know, he, he, he would ask me questions like, I used to say to people, my family right. was my guinea pig of going to study sexology. Mm-hmm. And that's just the truth about it. Because I'm actually a psychologist. I actually did because I I, I, I am a very curious person. Right. I wanted to know why were there such, so many taboos and by the time you got in there, it was like, oh really? So this is all it's all about, right? And then I said, okay, you know what? I'm there to expose these children to what it was all about. Expose them to say, okay, you know what? You can even tell your friends that, look, this is what it is. This is not what it is, but in a, in a in a very subtle manner, right? So you don't come across because I remember in Africa, especially in in in, in, in most Nigerian places a woman that is very sexually aware is viewed in a in in, in, oh, a, yeah.
1: negative in way. a negative way that's true very yeah. true
0: and and a little child that is aware of their sexuality is looked as being promiscuous promiscuous
1: yep yep
0: and i'm and i'm and i'm wondering why why yeah you can why why do you have to view it from that point of view? Yeah. Why don't you look at it from the fact that okay, this child is aware of what's yeah, what's going on. There. Oh, they are
1: confident. I mean that, that, that highlights their confidence, of course. So
0: <laughs> apart from even confidence, sometimes I think like you I mean you, you use yourself as an example. Right. I think some children just are curious, you understand? They yeah. want to know. Yeah and when you have a child like that, it's better for you to just Tell them the truth. Yeah, yeah. Tell them what it is. Yeah. Lady, cards on the table. Let them know that. Okay, you know what? You're a young girl. Your body's changing. Oh yeah. Your body's changing because of this. I mean, I remember. Um, <laughs> I had like one of my nephews, and he said to me, um, "Oh, um, when I wake up, um, my my peepee is always." I said, ah, 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 there's a miscommunication there. Both of you need to go talk to yourselves. You And your people need to have a communication. You need to wake up at the same time. Right. And I said, because it's just being a boy. You know, what was going on was just a normal thing. But I turned it into a joke for him. I said, no, 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 you both of you need to go have a meeting. You need to decide on when both of you need. One person can't wake up before the next person. Right. What's going on is that your people is waking up before you. After <laughs> that, <laughs> right? You understand? But some parents will tell you. I remember somebody telling me, "Oh, that child is very bad. Maybe it's beginning to have sex." And I'm like,
1: "No, oh, it's a natural it's just thing. Normal
0: reaction. The blood is rushing to his penis at the normal, and having a normal erection. It's normal. Yeah, wrong. It's with very it. normal. Yeah. But I'm telling you, the other person saw it as, "Oh, that's a bad child." I and mean, it's not a bad child. Right. There's just nothing wrong. So you see, why do Africans, why do we go that way? I think lack of knowledge. Yeah. And yeah. In yeah. Lack of knowledge. That's very true. And hiding behind, is if you are not hiding behind Christianity, you're hiding behind, um, Is a taboo. It, it, it mustn't be discussed. Right. And if you don't discuss it, how do I know? Or how does the child know? That is why you find a lot of incidences going on. Yeah, that's true. Because they don't know how to protect themselves. Right. Like you rightly said, they don't know if it is right or wrong. Right. They don't talk about it. That's very true. They can't even go home and say to their parents, somebody touched me inappropriately. Inappropriately. Because it has not it has not been discussed. Discussed not know yeah. if is right or wrong yeah
1: and and i wanted to add because it's not even only about the sex being discussed it's also about just the fact that in our african households children don't really feel comfortable even going up to their parents to talk about anything not even only about sex but just anything you know because like mom and dad are always working and then you're probably at home maybe with the house girl house boy or with you know, the aunties and uncles or cousins at home. And then when they, you know, sometimes when the parent comes home, it's like kids are instead running to the room and running away. So it's like, there's not, that bond is not there. And this can be seen in like one of the earlier episodes in this uh, podcast where this girl talks about rape. And um, I mean, she she actually wrote the book, Cactus and the Calabash. Calabash, her name is Mania Naber. And I interviewed her. And one of the things that, you know, um, she highlighted from her experience because she was actually raped from the age of eight to 12 by the houseboy wow. in the house sometimes multiple times yeah. a day and she was raped vaginally and anally in the house multiple times a day with people there and her parents had no idea she tried to even speak up but they actually trusted the houseboy more than her because of course she was the younger child and he was the older one you know so but what i'm trying to say is that um it's like we most african kids in the homes they get they feel shut out that they can't even speak up on anything. And she, the irony about everything is that within, during those years that she was being raped, she did not even know that she knew it wasn't good because of course it hurt, but she did not know what it was. So she couldn't even, even if she had to talk to her mom or her dad, she could not pick the words to say because she didn't even know what it was. She didn't know how to name it. You know what I mean? So that goes again to really stress on the fact that we need to create those, and those comfortable and safe spaces for our children to talk, to us and also i mean not only our children even our peers because there are a lot of people who go through stuff a lot of childhood trauma a lot of mental health issues that they can't they don't know who to talk to so creating that safe space for anybody to talk to you without being judged goes a very very long way to impact their lives and their outlook on life you know so that again i would stress that again now um i wanted us be i, I want us to you know, talk about some truths and some facts and myths about, you know, sex education, and then we will go to just demystify sex and, you know, let it be what it is, you know, because we have to definitely let sex be what it is. It's sex is a biological, um, a phenomenon in our lives and we have to accept it christian or not christian regardless of your religious background or your sexual background or whatever now um just a few myths versus facts so the first one is uh true or false the reason why so many people oppose sex education is because they believe it is a way to promote sex in an unhealthy manner is that true or false
0: that's false
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> very That's true. Awesome. So, what do you have to add onto that? I know we've already spoken a lot about I, I, that.
0: I, 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 I think the the, the most. Um, okay, let, let's let's be honest with ourselves. Sex from the onset, mm-hmm. from timing, memorial has always been seen as something very huge You understand? Something you talk about in whispers. You understand? Mm-hmm. it's something you talk about in whispers. It's not something that it, it's um that you just go out there and just. Boom! I'm going to have sex, or you just go sex, sex, sex. Yeah. But I mean, if you if you look back before people started putting so much, um, so much um meanings into sex, I remember growing up there were there were music about sex.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. We used to sing them without even knowing what (laughs) what it was about.
0: I was I was actually listening to one. Um, th- this morning while I was driving to work and I, it was funny and I just like wow you know, it was about um um let's make love in the rain right let's make love out in the rain and it used to be one of my favorite songs yeah and I was like oh really
1: <laughs> we didn't know <laughs> all of that <laughs> yeah that's well, true
0: we sang that song and you know and there's, another, there's another popular one um let's talk about sex baby, baby
1: let's talk about oh yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about all the good things, all the bad things.
0: things. Yeah,
1: that was a very vulgar song, but we had no idea.
0: Let me now tell you something about that song. I remember vividly growing up. We used to go. We used to sing like this. Let's talk about. mm, mm, mm. Let's talk about. mm, mm. Let's talk about about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about mm. sex.
1: Oh no. (laughs) About oh no!
0: Grew, you won't believe it was until I grew older, and for a long time I thought that was a song. Let's talk oh, about. Oh no! Mm, mm, mm. And I, then it was when I grew older. I was like, "Oh, it's sex." <laughs> but Again, <laughs> and I—I I mean, you couldn't just go home and say to your parents, and—and and that is why I said it's a myth. People think that sex is such. I don't even know what to say about it. It's such a big word. Yeah. You know, the moment you mention it, you're a bad person. Yeah. You understand? Mm-hmm. The moment you mention it, you're a bad person. The moment somebody says, um, a, a man says, Oh, I'm sexually attracted to that woman. Yeah, oh, no. They're like, Oh, abuse, uh, or or
1: sorry, um, harassment or something like that.
0: So I mean, so that 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 that, that is a no-no, it's definitely a myth.
1: Yeah. It's
0: definitely this. So what's the next one? What's Thank
1: you. The one? So the next one, which of course will probably be the last one, is just two. Is <laughs> talking about sex before marriage is a sin.
0: Um, n- not really. It depends yes. on how you look at it from. You understand? Right. I, I personally would say it's actually a plus. Yes. Because then you you both of you, because that is why. You would go into a marriage or a relationship. Mm-hmm. It depends on what you want out of a relationship. Most people advocate, um, you know, going into um, a marriage without sex, blah, 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 blah. Like I said to people, it's it's your prerogative. That's what, if that's what you want to do, would I, did I do that? I'm 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 gonna be honest, you. <laughs> right? So I'm not gonna fool my. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna fool myself. Yeah, and, and that's and there's just some basic things you would pass down to your children. Like I used to say to my son, one thing I would never agree for any child of mine to do is um, cohabit with the opposite sex. You know, if you have a girlfriend, yeah, you have a boyfriend, and you know, I mean, would I want somebody to put my daughter in in his or her house when you know you're not going to marry her? No. Yeah, yeah. You understand? So it depends. I mean, like, the times are changing. Due to economic reasons, some of them need to go a bit, which I understand. So is sex before, should it be discussed? I think it should be discussed. Yeah, it should be. You should know, okay, these are my references. These are my likes. These are my dislikes. These are the things I would not do. I mean, I've seen I've seen marriages break Cramble, up. Cramble, yeah crumble yeah be- because of the mindset of a particular partner yeah you'd say things like i've seen somebody tell me i don't want to give my partner a blowjob and i'm like <laughs> you okay? why would you want to do that so those are the kind of sexual things they should have talked about
1: yeah sexual deficiencies in the marriage we're going to talk about that for yeah, sure because,
0: there's some things you can overlook if if you and your partner have talked about some things your preferences the things i want i can do the things i won't want to do yeah i would like to explore right you know but when when you've not talked about anything and you just expect it to just boom yeah boom, you yeah. want you want sugar i want i want tea mhm it's going to be there's going to be it's going to wrong right right the conflicts. if either one person will be doing it just to please the other and at the end of the day, it gets to a time you're just going to say to yourself, "Nah, I can't keep doing this." Right, so, right, um, right. And then that's when that's when you start to rub. That's when friends get into play.
1: Hmm. Hmm. That's true. Okay. Well, thank Someone you. Else? Thank you very much. Now let's demystify sex. Like, let's just let it be what it is, and let's start from linking it with the African mentality and to, today's knowledge. So, what do you have to add on that? you uh-huh.
0: Thanks again for listening and let's not forget to be more understanding and nicer to one another.